Amen. Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you, Brother Greg, and uh, welcome to all the new people. Um, you know, I I just wanted to tell you guys that today we're going to be going over First uh, Peter chapter one. It is pretty lengthy, but there's just so many revelations that the Lord had been like dropping on me as I was studying this chapter, and also there's just so much I had looked over when I first read this book almost like two years ago um i also want to uh somebody just unmute okay all right um i, I also wanted to um just share a testimony that it's uh it's been like almost two years for me since i've been clean from hard drugs and um you know i i just really just wanted to just give glory to god um for that and uh you know i just want to encourage people that um even though like times will get hard, the Lord is faithful. And I think that's the really cool revelation that we're going to see um, in first Peter chapter one and, and, and other things that we're going to go over today. But um, yes, so let us go ahead and we'll begin with uh, verse one. Um, if, if you have it, you know, just type amen in the chat, but we're going to go ahead and get reading here. Um, so Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Um, first, like, I don't know if anybody knows this, but when Jesus was here during his earthly ministry, he said, I came that they would have life and life more abundantly. And also based off of what we just read, that's being fulfilled. And what's unique is that though they're all not together corporately, they're scattered throughout the world. God's promise is being fulfilled to them. Um, his word is being fulfilled. Um, I'm going to keep reading here. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are being shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So um, the uniqueness of the revelation about resurrection is like, that's the whole point. <laughs> um, and a little bit of context for um, those of us who don't know, um, First Peter is written in a time where Christians are being heavily persecuted for their faith. Um, people are seeing their brothers and sisters that they worship with fed to lions, martyred. Um, and Peter's like, your your faith is shielding you. Their hope is in the resurrection. Because there's a resurrection of the dead, they have reason to give their lives for this cause, for the cause of Christ and his kingdom. Um, it's a very sobering reality to the Christian faith because the world will never talk about that side of our faith. And they always try to like downplay it. But the reality is that because of a resurrection, men could not handle the fact that there is someone greater than them. 
And so they would kill the followers of Jesus Christ because they would not bow the knee to Caesar and call him God. They would choose to speak the truth, which is Jesus Christ was God and he is king of all. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting thing that Peter's writing this type of letter, you know, because if we all uh, are familiar with Peter's life, when Peter first met Jesus, he told Jesus to depart fr from him because he was a sinful man. And also later on, we, we read that Peter was rebuked by Jesus sternly, and he also denied Jesus three times, and then Jesus still took Peter back and restored Peter to the point where now he's writing this letter, encouraging, like, I don't, like, I'm sorry, it just always gets me with Peter, because I identify so much with Peter, like, I told the Lord in prayer to depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, I'm not worthy to even share this message with you guys, but the Lord saw that I was worthy. It was the Lord who approved of me, not my works, not anyone else. It's the Lord who approves and who also can redeem. Um, and so if the Lord approved and redeemed Peter, how much more? I mean, he, he already redeemed. He can redeem the whole world through one sacrifice. That's magnificent. That is insane. That That is above our understanding. But if he redeemed peter well since he it's not even if since he redeemed peter the way he did he can do the same for all of us today um and i would uh you know and i don't think peter would just be writing this letter because he's like you know just trying to be cool or he survived this long no the reality is he he's known christ he's conquered life through christ and through christ's forgiveness and he's accepted. That was the other thing, too, to go further in ministry, to go further in your walk with the Lord, accept his forgiveness. That is a, you know, that if you can't accept the Lord's forgiveness, you will constantly be held back. And it'll be you holding yourself back because the Lord would have already forgiven you of all those past things. That's why Paul isn't here writing. I remember the time when I denied him. No, he's like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what the Lord says. This is the reality of us who are in him our faith is doing this for us and the lord is with us like he's not going back to saying oh oh yeah i you know i've i betrayed the lord but no it's like i'm i'm working for the lord right now i'm writing you to encourage you about what's happening and even though all of this stuff is going on around us it doesn't mean our faith is going that our faith is in vain um i want us to look at uh just going to jump to first corinthians 15 13 through 14 because i love this verse and this is and this isn't me like tooting my own horn against atheists or other faiths but this is just why i can't be swayed by other world religions or other philosophies uh and, I, and it reads but if there is no resurrection of the dead then not even christ has been raised and if christ has not been raised then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain but as we just read but Peter said, there is a resurrection. Um, and what's insane about that is that we would rather not, apparently we don't want that, but that is going to happen whether people want it to happen or not. Um, that is why those of us in the Christian faith, I mean, that's really the crux of my faith. Um, 
this body isn't really meant for eternity, but the Lord promised me a new one. And since he got up out of his grave and his grave is the only empty one out of everyone else's in the earth, I'm going to put my faith in him because nobody can find him. But those of us who are in him know where he is and his word tells us where he is. So um, I would uh, encourage believers do not be swayed by the world and their philosophies because the reality is we have the truth and as we read and we're continue as we're going to continue to read through first peter chapter one we're going to see that um the lord's word is imperishable that means that even though all of man's philosophies and their works and everything well i'm getting a little ahead of myself but either way all of all of the things that we see around us will soon pass away all that's going to be here is the truth of god's word his works his spirit his his creation what he's created will remain everything else will be passing away um let's continue on here uh verse six in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials and i love this here these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Um, we recall earlier in the Gospels, Jesus said that he who endures until the end will be saved. This is the same thing that Peter is saying. There is cause and need for endurance. And though we may not be under the severe persecution of that day, there is an attack on identity in this country for those of us in America. There is um, attack on pro-life organizations in america there is attack on um people saying that men can't be women and women can't be men there's an attack on gender and on god's design and as believers and especially you know parents i'm praying for you um we're called to stand up for god's design and to defend it because that's the truth god made adam and eve he made them very unique. He made them distinct and separate from each other for a reason. Each had their own purpose. But Satan and, you know, and men decide to pervert that purpose. But that's not what God wanted. Um, in Eden, there's order. In Satan's world and in the realm of the flesh, there is disorder. But God is one who restores that order. And um, you know, it's important that we, we remember that, that God's design is true. It is the correct design. And even Jesus said it, that it said in the beginning, he made them both man, male and female. So, um, you know, I, I just wanted to say that endure, endure for the truth, which is Jesus Christ, endure for the reality of the word, because God is not going to be mocked. And though, you know, science and everything tries to um, poke holes in our faith, I love what a mathematician said. His name is John Lennox. Um, he said, you know, it's because of God that scientists have a world to study, a universe to study. Um, without God, there, there, is no, there is no science for us to do. Um, so, you know, it, it's revelations like that that I believe that will help us to continue to stand firm because like god 
Yeah. God has given us a mind. God has given us questions, but God invites us to ask him those questions. Ask unto me and I will show you great unsearchable things you do not know. That's in the word of God. That's in the Bible. I can't remember the verse exactly, but that that was the, that is a verse in the Bible. Um, and uh, thank you. Thank you, brother. It's in Jeremiah. But that the Lord invites man to do that. He's not trying to withhold information and, and things from us. In fact, he wants us to search those things out with him and he wants to share with us, you know, um, and uh, going on here. Um, and that's the other thing too. God never said there wouldn't be any trials. <laughs> um, you know, when I used to practice Buddhism or practice all the other isms, uh, I didn't, you know, I, I kind of prefaced those things on, I don't have to go through trials. You know, I always had a, what I would assume to be a very peaceable life, but I was truly missing joy. I mean, I started to find the other thrills in drugs and in worldly things and like just constantly being like lost in myself. And I thought I would have peace through my meditations and through all these things. And, and I, it just wasn't there. Um, but when I met the Lord in jail that one day, that changed my life. And I finally knew what real peace was because I, I mean, I was under fire. I, I could, I was in the military and I had a DUI. I could have gotten a dishonorable discharge. In fact, all of my coworkers and everyone in my unit was like, dude, yeah, that's going to happen to you. And all I could do was hold on to the word of God because what the, what the Lord said to me in jail was he just asked me if I would do the plans I had for him. And all I said was, well, you know, if if my plans land me in jail, I'm going to do your plans. And I just had to hold on. I had to have faith. Everything around me was saying I'm going to fail. This is even my own family that I was going to fail. My friends. Um, and what happened is I ended up on top because of God. Because he did a miracle in my life. and. Um, that was get me clean from drugs as well as I'm going to be Lord willing, finishing my bachelor's um, this uh, next spring. And that's because of him. And that's why, you know, when Peter talks about your faith being tried by fire and all these trials and things, if I didn't have genuine faith, I would have just been like, well, you know, screw it. Like I have, Lord, I haven't seen anything yet. I'm just going to go back and, you know, go back to the cocaine, go back to all the things that were enslaved, go back to Buddhism, because, you know, at least in Buddhism, I mean, I haven't harmed anyone, so I don't get any bad karma from that. But then the reality was, like, I had to have faith in God. And it was so, it was in something unseen. This is what, like, this is what I love how Peter um, says this here. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't, you do not see him now. You believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Um, I couldn't see what God was doing, but I had to have faith to know that He was doing something. And what I love about the Lord, and what I've continued to learn as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, He is not a promise breaker 
men break the promises. God has always kept his covenant. He has never broken a covenant. If he's made a promise to someone, he's kept his end of that promise. Um, he's a covenant keeping God. He's not like us where we'll be like, oh yeah, I will. Uh, hey, can you help me with this? Oh yeah, sure. You're a, yeah, I got you. Oh, dang. Sorry. I can't help you with this today, man. So many things came up. God's not like that. Man is. And, you know, what's, um, what's really, what really gets me that Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no mean no. And sometimes I fall short of that. I got to repent for that. And I actually, because I follow Christ, if I say yes to somebody, I don't care unless I like, you know, unless I get really ill or something really like horrible happens, I'm trying my best to uphold my word because I serve a God who upholds his and he expects that of his children. Um, so, I, you know, continuing on um, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them, verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that now that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Um, for those of us who read the Old Testament, there is always a message of hope in the Old Testament. And the hope was of the suffering Messiah, was of Jesus who would come, was of the Holy Spirit that would then come after him. There are countless times, and I believe it's also in Jeremiah, where the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and renew a right spirit within you, um, so that you will know my laws and, and follow my precepts. Like, the Lord had a plan for all of Israel's backsliding and their turning away. And um, it was also because he made that promise to Abraham that he, that many nations would be saved through him. And he kept that promise through Jesus Christ. And I love how when Jesus said, Abraham saw my day and he rejoiced. Um, because that's God fulfilling that promise. And also, you know, the prophets, that's like why a lot of the pro like prophets aren't going to just speak death. You know, God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. So the Lord is giving them this living hope. He's telling the prophets, hey, like, I'm going to punish them, but I'm also going to bring about their redemption. Also share that, you know, he tells them, gives them visions, gives them things that points to the reality of Christ and his coming that points to the gospel that saved us today. That is still saving the imperishable gospel. Um, and excuse me. And like. You know, um, it's interesting that he says even angels long to look into these things. And I remember I was at a Maranatha conference a while back and there was a, piece, a preacher there. And he said, you know, I, I wonder, 
you know, because God had to humble himself. God sits so high above the expanse of everything that he had to come down so many levels to come to our level and be one of us to take the form of man. And he said, you know, I, 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 it says in the word that angels long to look into these things that that must mean that angels are still like scratching their heads, wondering how did God do that? Like, how was that, you know, and um, it's a very wild thing for the fact that the Lord has humbled himself so that he could know what it's like to be one of us. He's not unfamiliar with our struggles. He's not unfamiliar with what we've gone through. And um, uh, how merciful of God and wonderful of him to get down on our level so that we can one day come up to be with his. Um, Sorry. That is so kind. Someone to get down on our level and invite us and give us a way to come up to be with him on his level, to be in his courts. Lord is um, so wonderful. And I think that, you know, the church has really taken that for granted. The realities of him humbling himself, the realities of what he did on that cross. Jesus is not just some guru. Jesus is not just some passerby trivial teacher. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's only one way. Um, and that's through him. The only way to get to God is through him. I I understand people say that's being exclusive. That's not being inclusive. Christ's inclusive statement was that he invited everyone to come and eat of him. That he invited everyone to the gospel. That's inclusive. So um, to all those who say the Christian faith is exclusive, well, Jesus Christ claimed to be the truth. His grave is empty. That's why I believe that he is the truth. I have no other reason to put my faith in him otherwise. Like like we just read, if there is no resurrection, I'm just as crazy as someone who believes in aliens for that matter. Um, but because there's a resurrection, I believe. And um, that's, you know, no matter how many bad days I have, that resurrection is what I'm looking forward to. Him coming and restoring all things is what i'm looking forward to but in the meantime i will continue to pray to him to serve to him i'm not adopting this defeatist mindset or of like so you know i'm not i don't invite the church to be like the church in thessalonica and sell everything and get rid of everything it's not what i'm saying um what i am saying is you know let's store up for ourselves treasures in heaven for where your treasure is there will your heart be also um amen so uh verse 13 therefore prepare your minds for action be self-controlled set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when jesus christ is revealed as obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance but just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all you do for it is written be holy because i am holy um Holiness is a necessary thing, not an unnecessary thing. 
And it's a possible thing because of the Holy Spirit that lives in you to help you walk that out. And also, it is not an overnight thing. It takes time. It's a sanctification process. That doesn't mean like you're going to get every nail everything perfectly the first time. What that does mean is that you continue to get back up because you're called to endurance and you're not called to just failing. You're called to endurance. We endure through sanctification. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to please my flesh. And, you know, being a musician and an artist, there's always... uh there's always parties. All the musicians in our say it's all about the hang, which means can you do drugs with people and sit around them and, you know, pick up their habits so that you can get in into those social circles. And, you know, the Holy Spirit has told me, hey, don't go there. Don't go to that party. Don't go to this thing. Don't do that. And so um, I've listened. In times past, I would not listen. And I got myself into a lot of crap. but as I said before, it's a sanctification process. As I listened and obeyed, I was being trained up in obedience. And now I'm able to continue to walk in obedience. But it's once again, not of my own works. I just say yes to the Holy Spirit. Because you can say no, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. But do understand that if you're not walking in obedience, it's because you don't want to, or there's something in you that won't allow you to, that you need to um, rid yourself of so that you can walk and full obedience unto the Lord. Um, So uh, verse uh, 17, since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. Um, God is a just judge. In the Psalms, it says justice and righteousness are the foundations of his throne. Love and faithfulness go before him. Um, God is going to make sure that those who have done evil will receive their due penance. But if they repent, if they turn to the Lord, he desires to give mercy. But he is always a God of justice. Justice is an eternal characteristic of God. What we reap, we sow. It says that in the Bible but also the Lord is merciful and, you know, um, he's not going to be looking at your work and be like, Oh, well, some details that you missed and, you know, peace out. I I don't want to deal with you. Like that's not how the Lord works. He's a just judge. And there are things that he sees that we cannot see, which is why we're invited to ask him to spend time with him. Communion with the Lord will lead you to learn what he approves of and what he doesn't approve of. When you don't spend time with God, you end up missing the mind of the Lord, not really understanding, not really knowing. Um, For a lack of knowledge, my people are destroyed. So, you know, you have to commune with the Lord because he will teach you what he expects of you, what he's expecting of his people. Um, His spirit will also interpret the word for you. Like, doesn't matter how many seminary degrees you have. If you spend no time with God, I mean, your preaching is practically worthless. Um, We need to spend time with God. We need to have communion with God. We need to be worshiping. Um, You know, we need to really know him. Um, 
you know, and I love how this one Christian poet, she was like, can you worship without music? You know, can you sing unto the Lord without any background tracks? And, um, you know, for me, I, I was like, oh, I, I love doing that. Like, I love when I can just lift up my voice unto the Lord and um, just sing to him. And, and you know, and he, it just moves my spirit. It is another way of upbuilding the spirit, man, because we're created for worship. And it's to worship him. Like, it, it's inside of us that we are created to worship him which is why he constantly keeps, you know, calling us back and calling us back. And, you know, I love this song um, called Fountains by John Thurlow. And it says, all your fountains are in me. I have everything you need. Keep coming back to me. And that is God constantly telling his people, keep coming back to me. Everything you need, I have. All of the worries you have, the burdens you have, I will take that from you. And he's willing to exchange you know, I, if you think about, you know, kids when they have like toys or something, kids don't want to share toys or trade toys. God's willing to trade, you know, your burdens. Like he'll give you his yoke, which is easy and his burden, which is light. Like, thank you, God. <laughs> and I know it's hard for us to put that stuff down, but um, he's willing to take it. You know, um, so just glory to God for that. And, and I pray that we will allow him to do that for us. Um, and then I, I love this where it says, you know, live your lives to strangers here in reverent fear. Um, reverence for the Lord is necessary. He is not like other gods. He's the one true God. He is the creator of all things. He has the last and final say of everything. And that is why we're called to walk in reverent fear. Fear is the beginning of wisdom, according to the Proverbs. And it's not like walking on eggshells fear. It's just an understanding that my decisions are being examined by God. My life is being examined by God. So since my life is being examined by God, I'm not going to take advantage of a girl or, you know, sleep with somebody's wife or steal from someone or murder someone or steal from the store or cheat on my job or anything like that. Um, I'm going to conduct myself honorably because I am being examined by the Lord. Um, and that's what, you know, living in reverence is like. And it's not like treating God as, as a trivial person because he's not trivial. Someone who is, God is eternal, so he can't be trivial. I just have to say that again. God is eternal, so he can't be trivial. Um, you know, so with that being said, it 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 helps us to remember that because we serve an eternal God, a God who's not going away, that we need to walk in reverence and um and obedience to him. Because it's only gonna help us. Like God's will is perfect and, and pleasing. It's good and it's it's good and pleasing. His per his will is perfect. Like it doesn't just benefit benefit us, it benefits the communities around us. Like when God is in the community, when God's will is being accomplished, demons are gone, hate is gone, true brotherly love is around, the Holy Spirit is around, neighbors are helping neighbors, people are being healed, 
people can leave their doors unlocked because ain't nobody going to rob them because like everybody fears the Lord and is truly walking and the Lord and the Lord is in that community. It is, it is a community of, of God's people. Um, and that's really what the Christian worldview is aiming toward. And we're not aiming toward perversion or uh, misogyny or anything like that. We're aiming toward an order ordained by God. Whereas in, you know, as we saw back in the old Testament with the Israelites, God is like, Hey, give to the poor. Don't treat them less than you would treat a rich, a rich person. Care for the alien, you know, like God is, is trying to create a community. See, man's version of utopianism is kind of like communism or socialism god's version of utopianism is where there is no corruption at all and not nobody's dying like everybody is caring loving one another serving one another and it's an unperverted love it is a agape type of love whereas you know with man's versions of these utopian societies there's a few people at the top these people do whatever they want and determine whatever they want, and they answer to no one but each other. Whereas with God's utopian society, the leaders in power, everybody answers to God. So they walk in reverence of that and live in reverence. And that is how you get that true peaceful community and, and world that God was trying to bring. That's what the Lord was bringing when he was here. And that's what the apostles were bringing and because you know people love their idols more than the ways of god that they they caused chaos and were up and uproar you see it all the time in acts every time peter was going somewhere the devil just threw the people in uproar because they were serving the devil they didn't want to serve the lord but the lord had something in store for them that was better than what the devil or the world could offer them um I just, you know, I, I just wanted to share that because that is a really beautiful reality of the will of God and, and the reality of the Christian worldview that no one wants to share, but it's true. Um, so, yeah, uh, continuing on uh, to, uh, sorry, lost my place here. Uh, okay. Um, Verse 17, since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Um, so we're not redeemed, as I said earlier today, we're not redeemed with something that is perishable. The blood of Christ is not perishable. It still speaks a better word than that of Abel. It still speaks and redeems people to this very day down to this very nanosecond the lord's blood is still at work and that is one thing that will never be forgotten is his word and the blood that he shed to redeem god's people to allow image bearers the opportunity to enter back and be reconciled unto the lord the restoration of eden a place of 
perfect peace of joy where work wasn't, you know, a, a terrible thing. Like the Lord has created us for work. It's not a bad thing. I mean, that's what the Lord, you know, we were cultivating gardens in Eden. We weren't cultivating weapons of war and mass destruction as we do today. But that's the reality of the fall of Adam and Eve. And Christ came to restore us back to Eden, to restore us back to the Father. And um, I, I love how it says in Isaiah that we will turn our swords into, um, you know, farmers' tools. And we'll be planting gardens and, and you know, that doesn't sound too bad. It actually sounds really fun. And I'm sure like when God restores everything and, you know, there's, there's this uh, new heaven and new earth he has, I'm sure the temperature won't be too hot, you know, glory be to God. Um, it's, it's just, I, I wonder what it was like in, in Eden because it's apparent that it wasn't a place of where I had, it, where people had insecurities until they betrayed God and, and wanted and and sin came into the picture when doubt of of god and his word came in that's when eden was destroyed but however the lord is now restoring us to eden through faith in the um crucifixion and the through christ and his the lord is restoring us to faith through christ and his holy spirit through the gospel and so by faith in the gospel we're saved and our faith isn't in vain we've just read that our faith isn't in vain um throughout this entire study um uh, and i just uh, faith is faith is what gives us righteousness faith in christ is what get, it's that imputed righteousness that is given to us by faith in christ it's not faith in my works it's not faith in how um you know how i'm doing this one day it's my faith is in him and, and it's in that resurrection that will one day happen um and it's not perishable Christ's body did not perish. Um, and that's what's going to happen for those of us who believe in him. Um, so, you know, I, our parents couldn't give us what the Lord, like not even our parents, the world cannot give us what God is going to give us. Like, and what's cool about that is he's faithful to do it, but he also calls us to be faithful to him so that we can receive it. That's why there's this call for endurance. That's why there's this call for, um, you know, being holy as he is holy, being obedient. Because if you're not, how can are, God can't give an inheritance to somebody who who's like halfway through? Yeah, uh, you know, I don't I don't want that anymore. You ha- you have free will. And I love how I think it's in uh, John who says that those who started out with us, but but those who have left from us were not with us. They forsake. They had forsaken their inheritance for the things of the world. And it's not like God is going to force people to accept his inheritance. He's not. I mean, in Romans one, he says he gives man over to their sinful desires because he's not going to force you to not sin. You have to. Um, sacrifice that's the thing about sacrificing is i sacrifice my own understanding i sacrifice what i want and i pick up my cross and i his will is the cross <laughs> like i like i just I, it's a reality we all have a cross to get on christ had one to get on and he 
said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Because it was the Lord's will for him to go on to the cross. And and it says that it was the joy set before Christ. So when Christ is getting on the cross, he's not saying, dang, this is just this cross, man. He's seeing all of the brothers and sisters and the families and the, um, the prodigal sons and daughters who will return because of the sacrifice. Um, amen. I just, I just thank the Lord for that, for that reality. Um, continue on um, here um, through him you believe in God verse 21 through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him and so your faith and hope are in God now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth and you see that's the cool thing about obedience it leads to purification <laughs> um, so that you have sincere love for your brothers love one another deeply from the heart for you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of god i love this verse for all men are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field this is also being quoted this is a quote from isaiah 46 through 8 um all men are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Um, loving from the heart, you can't do it from a hardened heart. Loving from the heart, you cannot do from a hardened heart. You need a heart of flesh. You need the new heart. That the Lord will give you. Because you cannot love honorably and love deeply from the heart without it. Um, the love that we're seeing in a lot of places today is love that does is love that is serving self. And it's not from that new heart that the Lord gives us. Um, and we need that heart to love honorably and to love in the way that the lord is asking us or that yeah that the lord is asking us to do in his word here and also um the reality of the word it's enduring it, it's imperishable and it's living so all of the books all of the philosophies of men all of the pulitzer prizes nobel prizes you know, Forbes magazine articles, Times magazine articles, all of the TED Talks man has given, it's all going to pass away. But the word of God, the very word spoken from his mouth, spoken from his Bible, that's not going anywhere. That will be here. Um, and so, you know, I... I encourage us to remember what we're putting our faith in. Remember the resurrection. Remember the reality of God's word and his spirit. Remember um, the truth that the Lord has shared with us. And I just want us to look at um, John 10, 28. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Jen, John 10, 27. 
and I'll just read um, to the end. So uh, my sheep, John 10, 27 through 30, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. There's that imperishable word that Christ just spoke and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. Amen. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. So your faith isn't a God who can keep you from the evil one, who can protect you, who is faithful to honor his promises to you. And he says that you can't be taken out of his hand. I, I, there's enough evidence there for me to say my faith can be in my faith and my life can rest assured in his hands. Um, and so I, I just wanted to encourage us all. And, and I just really felt from the Lord, you know, just the deep revelations of first uh, Peter chapter one. And, and the fact that Peter can write and come to such revelation by the Holy spirit, um, sharing these things after the life he's had after you know i mean i love i love peter's life so much because it's a, it just reminds me so much of myself and how the lord can take someone who's unworthy and and make them worthy again and then even use them in such a way that they're leading many believers to him and and you know peter for those of us who don't know peter was martyred um but he was not going to renounce he he did not deny christ that time either so um and that's because jesus knew jesus said to him before jesus ascends he says i you know i prayed for you that your faith would not fail you isn't that wonderful that the lord prays that your faith would not fail you like thank you god because um I just, I don't, I don't know. We have a hard enough time nowadays getting pastors to pray or even teach their people the things of their faith that don't know to teach the church the reason why they stand out from the rest of the world. We have words that are imperishable. All the world's words are perishing. And they will continue to choose those words instead of choosing the word that came to save them. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, um, you know, I, I thank you all. Uh, that's all I have for today. Um, I pray that this message really takes um, root in your hearts and in your spirit and encourages you all, as well as reminds you all of, of the mercy of God and his love for you. And, um, how how much he wants to be with you and he wants you to be with him um so th thank you all thank you thank you brother amen uh thank you very much 